Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. You can send me questions and comments to beccamarienm at gmail.com. And I'm here with my good friends, Coy Griffin and Ro Tachia. There we go. Tachias. Okay. You know, I, I mentioned before, it's like, I grew up in Ohio, so we don't, we don't pronounce difficult words like that in Ohio. And, and ketchup is spicy. <laughs> yeah, no, not, as, of, not as far as I'm my, concerned. One of my best friends is from Ohio, and he says, I grew up in ketchup is spicy. Yeah, sorry, it's not, it's not spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, before the break, we were talking about voter fraud, which actually kind of goes really nicely into the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is 2,000 Mules. I went and saw that movie the other day. But you were talking about something during the break, a little story you wanted to tell? Yes. I mean, um, it's amazing that people seem to think that in the in the 2020 elections that Dominion is something new. Yeah. This isn't new at all. So... We just put it put it this way. As far as I know, Dominion has been used for many years. And isn't it interesting how we as Americans go into countries and we want to promote democracy? And isn't it interesting how historically these countries that we go into, Afghanistan, Venezuela, and all these other places where they are starting to come into democracy, they use these Dominion machines and it's always convenient that the actual yeah. person who gets elected is who uh. certain countries support, right? Yeah. Our country supports. So Dominion has been used for many, many, yeah, many absolutely. years to manipulate other countries' elections. Yeah. But did these people ever stop to think it was going to be used to manipulate our own? Yeah. Because we have a habit of placing people in power in under the guise of democracy and, and free voting, right? Yeah. But yeah. we always get who we want sitting in those chairs in those countries because they're manipulable. That's right. And, and, but we so this is nothing new. No. Dominion is nothing new. Right. And fixing elections is nothing new. Yeah. We have done this in co numerous countries yeah. Yeah. because we get, we, and I'm talking about the U.S., gets who they want yeah. to sit in those seats. Well, in, in Dominion, the very Dominion system, you know, I mean, if you think about technology, whoever has created the technology that is in those machines will have access to that technology. And, and can manipulate you know, it. Well, absolutely, by hacking, you know. I mean, we live in a country today where not very long ago we had to pay 
uh, hackers not to hack into our energy sector and our food supply. In fact, so the government if, would hire so those if people. Our, yeah, <laughs> so if our government is having to pay hackers not to hack into those two sectors, who's to say these same ha hackers can't hack into Dominion and the tabulators and manipulate our elections, which I know is what they did. And through the audit that we're conducting in Otero County, we're finding uh, direct evidence of fraud and and the media is going to have to finally come to the place where they're going to have to acknowledge that there was fraud in our elections because now when you say they were fraudulent the media calls you crazy but you know i think you're crazy if you think the elections were were legit so you know what opinion. would be interesting what would be a great challenge is for county commissions to do something like okay if we we are under this contract like you say yeah to use these Dominion machines coming up at, in the yeah. primaries. Yeah. But why couldn't you have the same people cast a paper vote and sure. let's see what the numbers. So if I go in, I'm, I'm doing this on the machine, but I'm also going to drop this, uh, my, my practice ballot, sure. right, in the box sure. and have somebody count those sure. and someone count what's on the machine. Sure. We, we could do that, you know. I, it, I would love we, to, we, to challenge could, counties to do that. That should be a safeguard. But you know what's crazy, Ro, is um, right now, whenever they tabulate the votes, the paper ballot that is fed into the machine is never seen again by human eyes. That's right. It's never, we don't even count the paper ballots after the machine counts them to stack the number against the machine to make sure we're at least close. Those, those ballots are never counted physically or manually. They're only counted by the machine. And how stupid are we to put all of our confidence in a machine that stores data digitally that can be hacked? You know, I mean, you would think at the very least we would recount them and make sure the clerk, the county clerks would recount the paper ballots just to make sure. But the we live in an match. instant society, right? Everything's, we have drive through mm -hmm. election, right? We have drive, everything is 90 seconds or less. We have lost our patience. If anything isn't done in a fast food format, you know, Americans just aren't happy with it. Yeah. I, I need my answers now. Do you remember waiting in elections? You couldn't drink till after 7 o'clock when yeah. everything was closed, and then everybody was waiting anxiously, and maybe by midnight we might know who won? Yeah. Oh, they already know who wins. They know who uh, wins yeah. before, the, before it closes. See, I think we need to go back to the day in which we have voting day. Absolutely. That's it. And early voting needs to go away. Drop boxes uh, need to go away. Everything. And these Absentee these, needs these to be limited to exactly what it was intended. It should for. be extremely limited. I mean, you voter really, ID. if you're going to vote absentee, you should be a military person overseas, or you should be somebody who has a darn good, really, really legitimate excuse why you cannot get into the into the into the polls and vote in person. Right, handicap, older people that yeah. are you people know being hospitalized. Hospitalized. You know, something. it should be strictly just for them, and then we should vote on voter day in person, and that is all. And, and, and we could zero, and, and, zero and, and mail paper in ballots. ballots. Yeah. And this this problem, and with voter ID. And Absolutely this problem would go ID. away. Just think about all the things yeah. you need to uh, to get access to something where you have to show an ID. How come that oh, is not racist? But asking somebody to show an ID to go vote is somehow discriminatory. Yeah. So 
I want to talk a little bit about this movie, 2,000 Mules, that uh, Dinesh D'Souza put out. <coughs> I went and saw it the other day, and it was extremely enlightening. And anybody that can see it, I suggest you see it. Even if you didn't see it at the movie theater, you can find it and watch it online, too. But what they did was really, really interesting because they... They were wondering about these drop boxes, and they were wondering about this idea of mules, which, for, for those of you that don't know what that is, they're referring to people that are being used to basically bring stacks of ballots and stuff them in the ballot boxes. And, and they're doing this in the middle of the night. Well, I'm sure a lot of us go to the ballot box at 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning, cast our votes. That's that's like that's when you want to do it, it's right? It's like Jesse Smollett box, going to Subway at 3 a.m. The, the only box that I go to, <laughs> the only box I go to at 2 o'clock in the morning is on tax day when I have to get that <laughs> thing in the mailbox. That's right. Exactly. So they were talking about, they were what they did was they used cell phone geodata and what they did was they they were able to you can buy these lists of data from the telecommunications companies and this is how you get all these spam calls all the time anyway they bought this information and and it has geodata on it all of these phones are constantly being tracked by the cell systems and so what they did is they found they, they had on their maps, they had the drop boxes, and they also had these so-called um, non-profit associations that are involved in this whole thing. And they were able to track people that were going to several drop boxes in the same night. And also, and they were tracking their route. So they, they created a, a route showing where this person went. So they went to Dropbox, this Dropbox, the next Dropbox, the next Dropbox. Oh, to this chair, this nonprofit, then this nonprofit, uh. then this judge. And, and they were able to find a consistent pattern among literally thousands of these mules. And they also have video coverage. Just... Um, Built, actually, I think they said trillions of hours of video footage of a lot of these drop boxes that have cameras. It's They're a all cartel. It's just like it a might be. It's just like, but it's just the voter deal. They operate the same way as a cartel does with the same type of yeah. network. You know. Yeah. So they follow these people around and they watch to see how many ballots they were stuffing in the boxes on average. And by watching the video. They, they could see, uh, on average, anywhere from, say, on the low end, maybe three ballots per person, per, per drop box, wow. up to maybe ten. Wow. And just a rough estimate, they figured that at least a half a million fraudulent votes were cast. Wow. Now... Now, we don't know for sure if they were all Biden votes, but come on, don't we? Re we really know that they were, right? Yep. Republicans don't do this. Yep. They really don't. So these, some of these mules were going to as many as 25 to 100 drop boxes per day. Wow. Imagine that. And, and getting it, paid to. And, and getting, getting paid. paid oh, to. they're getting paid per ballot. Exactly. And I think somebody said they were getting paid like somewhere on the range of about 12 bucks per ballot. And, the, and that's why we have more voters in certain precincts than we did even registered voters. I mean, if you want to see evidence of fraud, that's it right there. Whenever you have more votes cast than you oh, do registered voters, that. it doesn't take a middle giant to figure out we got a problem. You I have know? a great example about that. So, again, at this Sandoval County Commission meeting, which was 
almost exclusively about Vote. voter fraud, sure. right? So it was um, on a Pueblo for, and I'm just going to throw out example numbers. Mm -hmm. These aren't the exact numbers. So yeah. let's say there's 600 registered voters at this particular yeah. small Pueblo. Then explain to me why there's 16 drop boxes, right? And then when afterwards it was calculated that over a thousand members voted when there's only 600 registered. Yeah. So how do you do that? And the most alarming thing, the absolute most alarming thing I learned in that commission meeting, and uh, there were almost 60 people who spoke that were involved with the election, was the chain of custody. The chain of custody, like you just said, you yeah. never see those ballots ever again. Yeah. And then people getting thrown out, um, ballot boxes being left in schools um, after hours, and you know, so they trust a janitor is supposed to come lock these doors, and they're going to get collected later, or they get taken to some warehouse, and who's there? Yeah. You know, the chain of custody is another. It's not just these drop boxes. It's not just extra ballots. The chain of custody. Many There's questions. no accountability right. with with these. And you know, it says, oh, you're supposed to have two people in the vehicle when you're taking your, yeah. you know, your stick, your memory card out of the Dominion machine. So what's to say that you're driving and I'm sitting with a laptop on my lap and I'm manipulating? There's there the chain of custody is unreal, unreal. Right. Right. The, what the, what's being allowed to be done with our votes? You know, I think personally, I think the ballots should be paper ballots Absolutely. at each precinct, at each polling location. Sure. And I believe that those ballots should not leave that polling location until they're counted. Until sure. they're counted. And, 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 and certified there. That, yeah, exactly. They should, they should be certified right there at the right polling there. location. Because and, you're and, right, and anything taken can happen. from the judge, there there is a there's a, a ward judge. I'm not sure the title, mm -hmm. but there's a person who does that, and that is the person who you're going to hold accountable to take it from that precinct to deliver to where they're supposed to go at the end of the day. But already counted, already yeah. already knowing. Yeah, yeah. Because once it leaves the precinct it leaves. and it goes for a car ride to wherever, like you were saying, it could it could change between yeah. point well, A yeah, and point B. Yeah, because that's also what was happening. Yeah, is they were picking up other things along the way. Yeah, we could make it secure if we wanted. If we absolutely you know, could, we could make it secure. And it's and it's it's quote dumbing it down, bringing it right back to the way we did it. You know, yeah, 50 years ago. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It wasn't broken. Why did we fix it? Yeah, because exactly. they had to. Exactly. Because, it, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> we, know, we know that. Right. <laughs> uh. So anyway, so they they determined that alone, just with this, these Dropbox scam that was going on, which yeah. I think they are, they've been a scam right from the beginning. Sure. They used the scamdemic to scam the election. I really do think the two are connected. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. But I do too. they determined that the number of fraudulent votes just from the drop boxes alone would have been enough to easily put Trump to a victory. Yeah. And that doesn't even count the dead people voting. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the situation you mm -hmm. mentioned in which there were more voters than there were registered exactly. voters. Mm -hmm. uh, you take all of that. And yet there's still these people out there denying 
oh well this was one of the <laughs> this was the most secure election in history it's like where did you come up with that i know and the most voters the the most uh, you know biden's claiming that he had more votes than obama i just right. find that so <laughs> right. hard right. so Silly. hard to believe no. i mean you got to think that barack's got to be like dude <laughs> no way yeah no, no way no, no way. way no way it's crazy so coy you want to get into this dc gulag yeah. thing that i'm I, I, I appreciate it i enjoy telling you know i i enjoy telling people my story as far as that goes well I think about a month ago, I was I, on one of my shows. I told the story of a guy by the name of Thomas Caldwell. Okay. And he was a retired Navy intelligence officer. Yeah. He was at the January 6th thing, yeah. like you were. Sure. And all he was there was his wife. And the only thing he did is he simply went up on the steps and did a selfie. Yeah. And then him and his wife were old. They were tired. Sure. And then they turned around and they left and they yeah. walked back to their car and they yeah. left. And that is all they did. Yeah. So right. they tracked this guy down. They came to his house, and this is the FBI. Yeah. This is these people that we were talking about earlier. Like, sure. And I've heard people say, oh, it's the people that are higher up that are responsible, not the rank and file. Yeah. No, the rank and file are the one that showed up at this guy's house yeah. in the middle of the night, armed. Oh, yeah. And they, they drug him out of bed yeah. in the dark yeah. with his wife wondering what the heck's going on. And he's wondering what's going on. Broke down the door of his garage to see what was in there. They they ransacked his house, yep. and the whole time that they're dragging him out into the yard and slamming him up against one of their cars and, and giving him a serious yeah. beat down, they had their their laser sights oh, on yeah. his wife while she was standing up on the sure. porch. All she had to do was make the slightest little move. Yeah. The Ruby Ridge all and over she, again. And she would have exactly. been. She would have been. They would open fire on her. Yep. No, so, I, 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 I'm sure that that's uh, accurate in, in every sense uh, because he's not the only one that the FBI has had come to their house and, and treat them that way. I, I have friends that um, were, were treated the same way by the FBI. One friend of mine's 12-year-old daughter was placed in handcuffs with the same red beams all over. Um, these people are being attacked by the FBI in their own little communities that they've lived in forever. So many people have been um, fired. Uh, it's it's extremely sad. My case is a little different. I thank God the FBI didn't come to my house. I was arrested on the street. But, um, but my story is probably uh, much more grievous than Mr. Caldwell's because um, I didn't pray on the step, or I didn't take a selfie on the steps. I prayed on the steps, and of course, with the government, that's going to probably be much more grievous. But I, like Mr. Caldwell, did not go into the Capitol building. I stood on the steps of the Capitol um, with the main reason I was there was to go pray with people. Um, that's all to be backed up through text messages from that morning, which the FBI has my phone, and they can um, affirm my story is true simply through the communications on my phone. I went down there to pray with people, um, which is exactly what I did. It was an unbelievable day of patriotism and courage and and uh, just everybody standing peacefully together. Uh, after I prayed on the steps, I hung out for a little bit longer, and then I left on 
on my own um, accord. I wasn't told to leave. I wasn't forced away. I just simply uh, stood, felt like I stood down there long enough, and we left. And um, you didn't go inside, right? I didn't go inside. No. Um, but on January 17th, I was arrested by the FBI, um, and I was placed in solitary confinement in what they call the D.C. Gulag for three weeks. Um, now, let me ask you, you said you were in solitary. Did you do anything to, to rank being thrown into solitary? Well, That's something they normally do to prisoners that are that are misbehaving. And I, I guess you would say that I did. Um, I, I refused the COVID test. Um, whenever they first took me in to process me, um, they wanted to give me a COVID test, and I told them that I was not sick um, and that I have my own convictions on the COVID test. I feel like the government only gathers the data so they can shut our schools down and small businesses. I said, I'm not going to take a test. And um, I thought they were physically going to take me to the ground with the rod. They were fixing to. They had the goon squad in the room, and they were fixing to take me down and force the swab up my nose they they deterred from that but um, but then they threw me in solitary confinement 24 hour a day confinement for nine days uh, because I wouldn't take the test uh, during that nine days I was not able to shower um, my sink was backed up with the smelliest sewer water you can ever imagine inside of my cell. Um, I wasn't able to use the phone for 10 days to call an attorney or my family and um, you know, I refuse the test not because I, I'm afraid the test is going to make me sick. I've taken the COVID test before. Now, wait a minute. You you weren't allowed to call your... So when no. they arrested you... Uh, I had no phone call. So you, you didn't get your phone call? No, I had no phone call. Did you I, have your rights? I had. You? Uh, they read me my Miranda rights whenever they arrested me, but they didn't respect any of right. my rights. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was 10 days. Um, and uh, But I went through that... Um, I believe simply and solely for the reason to show other Americans how far the government is willing to go to force you to comply with what they want you to do. Because it was a COVID test that time, it'll be the vaccine the next time. Mm -hmm. They will be throwing people into the same torturous conditions that I was in if they refuse to get the vaccine. That's coming up. That's yeah. on the horizon. Oh, I've been saying that careful. all along. But, um, but I was in there after I was released from 24 hour, I was removed to 23 hour a day lockdown for the next 11 days. Again, total of three weeks. Um, Tell us a, what that a, was like, Coy. A, it, was, it was the most mentally torturous place that I've ever been in my life. Um, if it wasn't for my faith and the Bible that I, they gave me whenever I got into jail, I honestly don't know how I would have survived it. It was that difficult because the circumstances like I was in is different. I mean, if I would have committed a heinous crime and knew that I needed to be in jail, then I believe mentally I could have gone through that season stronger, possibly. But being in a, in a, in a solitary confinement state whenever you don't feel like you did anything wrong and then to not have a trial scheduled for any time in the near future is a place that it puts you mentally that you cannot put into words. And it violates numerous uh, consti it's not even constitutional, numerous constitutional human, amendments. Just basic 
basic human rights. I mean, yeah. America would be outraged to hear that this was happening in North Korea or China exactly. or Vietnam. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. But, this is yeah. what you hear about in well, other and countries. Well, our government, and our government's constantly speaking out against the, the poor treatment the of prisoners. Political persecution. That's yeah, we're why doing we it give, in this country. That's why we give people asylum into our country, is to escape the very type of abuse that our own government is placing on its own citizenry because I tell you guys this, and this is the most heartbreaking part, that I don't know how I could have survived another day, and I was in there three weeks, and there's still men and women that are locked up right now at this very present moment in time that are being tortured on levels that you cannot put into words, and it's happening in our own country, and it is disgusting. Wow. This, uh, this story I read about this one guy here, this Thomas Caldwell, he said he, uh, he found out how many times you can be kicked in the groin before you finally throw up. I, you know, the, This is the kind of treatment they're giving people. And, people that are supposed to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. You know, I'm telling you, I mean, just small little stories of my story inside while I was being detained, I was being treated by this one man in a racial way that's very... Uh, harsh you know he was very 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 racist this man was to me and I tried to tell another guard in front of him about the treatment that I was receiving and when this man heard it he overheard the conversation he came charging towards me like he was gonna physically attack me he was held back by another guard and when he was held back he pointed at me and he said yeah and I'm not done with you yet and this was the very man that brings me my food in the evening. Oh, okay. oh my gosh. I mean, this is, this is the kind of treatment that we're placed under. I mean, the jail guards all wore masks that said Black Lives Matters on them, you know. Um, and they've been indoctrinated. And they're most, all of them were black men. And these black men have been told that Trump people are racists and that we're white supremacists. Right, so, that's the story I heard so, from that Caldwell. So you can imagine well. whenever the people that they're being told are racist are put in their care, how good a care do you think that we're gonna get, okay? I mean, again, my, my sink was backing up in my, my cell with the stinkiest type of sewer water you could even imagine, and it was like that for like five days in my cell with the smell that you couldn't even stomach. And you're locked in solitary confinement in these kind of conditions. It was. I can't believe you you weren't afraid to eat. Well, you know, I did. I, they, I fasted they... for the first nine days I was in there. When they had me in 24-hour day confinement, I was fasting at the same time, and I was praying, and I was pleading with God. And it was a time of total brokenness and destitution, but it was a time of an amazing blessing, too, because God really showed up and strengthened me during those times and was very gracious to me. And though it was very hard, the, God's grace is always sufficient, you know, and, and it was during those difficult times. Now, are all of the January 6th prisoners being held in the same prison? No, I think they've been kind of scattered out. Um, okay. I think that there's still many that are held in that D.C. place where I was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean... Did you see any of the other people? 
Yeah, oh yeah. You know, I was I was the the QAnon shaman, Jake Ch Angeli. He was in the cell right next to me. Mm -hmm. um, it was typically him and I would get out for the same hour a day. So I got to have a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with Jake while I was in there. And he's one of the most heartbreaking cases of the whole deal because Jake Angeli, the QAnon shaman, is one of these kind of what I would say kind of odd pacifists, kind of peculiar types that don't believe in any violence at all on anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jake Angeli is the guy that catches the house fly in his house and re-releases it outside into nature and gives it the buffalo right. blessing as it's flying <laughs> off, you know? I mean, he's a very, very passive, peaceful man, and he was walking by the Capitol on that day. The doors were held open for him. He was escorted, escorted into the Senate chambers. There is video evidence video of this, by evidence the way. I saw it the other day. Escorted in. They took some pictures of him in his Halloween costume in the Senate chambers. And now Was he the guy form, with the horns? Yes. <laughs> okay. And now, and now he's facing right under four years in federal prison. He's doing a, a sentence in Florence, Arizona for doing nothing violent on that day. He just was walking by. They escorted him in. They took some pictures of him. They made him the face of January 6th and the Q on Q movement or whatever. And now this poor man is completely devastated. I've, I know his mother. I know his sister. I've talked to both of them out in Phoenix. His mom is just like any other mother would be. She's shattered by what's happened to her son. And Jake is a very intelligent man, and he's a threat to him because Jake talks with a lot of logic and sense, and those at the top don't like logic and sense. They like agenda and Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Jake's a threat. And boy, he's really suffered, you know. Wow. Another, another man from that day, Jacob Lang, um, he's another man that I always try to uh, remind people to remember to pray for because Jacob Lang saved two people's lives on January 6th. Both of those men, one white and one black, um, have both signed sworn affidavits that the only reason why they're alive today is because Jacob Lang pulled them out from underneath a pile of people where they were being crushed. They were being suffocated to death. Um, Jacob Lang is still being held in solitary confinement today. He's been in solitary confinement over a year, and he's an American hero. Used to be in our country, if you saved another man's life, I don't care if it's a strung out crackhead on the street. If you save another man's life, you have always been deemed an American hero in America. Jacob Lang saved two men's lives, and he's in, a, he's in solitary confinement right now as we speak. Oh my gosh. But the reason why they can get away with what they're getting away with is because they won't release the Capitol surveillance footage. The surveillance footage will tell the story that in, in its entirety of that day. It will show the doors being unlocked. It will show uh, Roseanne Boylan being beaten to death in the West Tunnel. You know, Roseanne Boylan was one of the five deaths that after January 6th, we were told by the government and the media that she had died of a drug overdose. Apparently, that's what the coroner's report came back. The autopsy came back, said drug overdose. What a sad, sad and sickening thing to do to the memory of Roseanne Boylan, a young lady who had been clean from drugs for 
15 years. Roseanne Boylan at one time suffered from addiction, but she had beat her addiction. She was clean from drugs, but she was beaten to death in the tunnel of the West Side. I've seen the videos myself. Who was she beaten by? By a, a lady named Lila Morris. Lila Morris is a D.C. Capitol Police officer okay. that is on video shown beating Roseanne Boylan with the club that's about three foot long. If you want to see more of Lila Morris, you can look to see who the VIP guests were at the last year's Super Bowl game. And it was Lila Morris and Michael Antifa Fanoni, the DC police officer with the big cobweb tattoo on his mm -hmm. neck. He's straight. He's 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 part of it. Hey, Coy, he's, let's he, take a quick break. Yes, okay, sir. we'll be we'll be right back, and uh, we're going to continue this right after the break. Thank you. Agave Builders, we are a veteran, family-owned company since 1993. If you have a small honey-do list or need a home built, we can help you with that. So call us at 505-385-6680. Do you have a hard time getting in and out of your bathtub? We are also a premier walk-in tub dealer. We can help you with those aches and pains of getting in and out. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com. We are also a VA-certified company that helps qualified veterans obtain grants through the VA and other nonprofits to repair or remodel their home. Find us at agavebuildersnm.com, look us up on Facebook, or call us, 505-385-6680. That's 505-385-6680. Looking for hard-to-find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years. Veteran-owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 505-877-3331. 505-877-3331. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com. Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com.
Welcome back, truth seekers, freedom fighters, and defenders of liberty. I'm Becca Marie, and you're listening to Freedom Speak, right here on Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Send me your questions and comments. Get started advertising. Email me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. I'm here with Coy and Roe, and we're talking about the reality of what is going on in the D.C. gulags and Coy's personal experience there and some of his stories about other people that are there as well. And you should be shocked that this is happening in the United States of America. We hear our politicians all the time criticizing other countries about how they're mistreating their prisoners. And yet we're doing exactly the same thing, if not worse, in this country. And yet the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it. And we're talking about it. That's good. Because you need to know. And it has to be spoken about because so many people don't have voices because they've been censored, they've been silenced, they've been thrown in jail, they don't have an opportunity to be able to speak out on, you know, on the truth of what's really going on. And as we mentioned about January 6th, um, that's a story that still hasn't been told. There's a fake story that's been propagated by the fake news media and by the by the heresy of our federal government but the real story of january 6 will be a story that will be much different than what you're going to see on on tv you know i mean you look at the abuses that happened on that day that are recorded digitally recorded that we will very soon see you know um and and just the narrative the branding of january 6 and how the government and the media um wanted to brand it as a as an armed insurrection from the very day that it happened um and they wanted it deadly they wanted it violent um, that's why they made up the story about officer brian sicknick being bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher mm -hmm. that evening and janine Piero and Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper and all the media were saying Officer Sicknick beaten to death with the fire extinguisher, which come to find out during that time, Officer Sicknick was still alive. Officer Sicknick was still living whenever they were saying that he had died. And then it just so happened to come to find out that apparently Officer Sicknick died the next day of natural causes and so what are the odds of the very person that they said was murdered on one day just so happened to die of a stroke the next day and whenever i question that on cnn i questioned it on cnn and anderson cooper and drew griffin both called me brainwashed because i said that i don't even know if officer sicknick is even dead and they go oh my gosh how can you say that well, you already lied to me once about him being dead. Why should I yeah. why should I believe you the second time you say that he's dead? Roseanne Boylan, another one who they said died of a drug overdose, come to find out she was beaten to death. Um, and then the other ones that had died of heart attacks, now it's the truth is known that the flash grenades that they were throw that they were just shooting randomly in the crowd when those concussion grenades go off so close to somebody who may have a heart condition that alone can cause a heart attack so 
there's going to be there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be answered i believe very soon um one of the gold one of the burning questions that i have is who pushed the button that unlocked the magnetic locks and the doors to the front of the capitol which are twenty thousand pound magnetic lock security doors the same type you have in federal prisons mm -hmm. and the same locking mechanism you have in federal prisons those doors don't get breached those doors got opened. They got opened from somebody on the inside. That person needs to be questioned, and whoever gave that command, whoever gave that command, and pretty soon you're going to wind up at the desk of Nancy Pelosi, I believe. Well, you know, I've seen the video footage that is available a couple of days ago. It was circulating around social media in which the, the Capitol Police were there, and they literally opened the doors. That's correct. And they escorted the people in and showed them That's the correct. way into the inner door and then let them in the inner door, opened it up, stood there, That's and correct. there was a nice orderly filing in of people going in yeah. and, and and they 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 actually encouraged it and let it happen. And it was yet there's a complete there, trap. Yeah, it was a complete trap. Complete totally. Trap. On the on the case of Matthew Martin out of northern New Mexico that was charged, he went before Judge Trevor McFadden, the same judge that I went before on March 21st. Matthew Martin went before him about a week after. Matthew Martin and I were both charged with uh, some of the same charges, one of which was entering into knowingly entering into a restricted zone. Um, tre judge Trevor McFadden called, found me guilty on that on that charge. Um, now, what was the charge again against knowingly you? crossing into a restricted zone. During my trial, we had a veteran of the Secret Service agent, a 22-year veteran, on the stand. And whenever she was on the stand, my defense attorney showed her photos and videos of the front of the Capitol on January 6th and asked her if she would identify where the restricted zone was. She failed to do that. The Secret Service officer could not tell you where the restricted zone was but right yet, i mean there needs to be signs and yeah, things like that well, everything right everything was taken down all the yeah. barricade all the every barricades they're not barricades they were bike racks and anybody that's been to washington dc knows that dc is full of bike racks full of mm. bike so racks. it's not like they had barricades like black and yellow fencing set and they were bike racks that were in piles and stacked around nobody knew where the restricted zone was i was found guilty on this charge of crossing restricted zone. Matthew Martin went before the same judge a week later, same trial, bench trial. McFadden found Matthew Martin not guilty on crossing into a restricted zone, and Matthew Martin went inside of the Capitol building. So I sit back going, how can McFadden find Martin not guilty on entering a restricted zone, but yet find me guilty on entering a restricted zone? It makes no sense to me if it wasn't politics weren't involved. Unfortunately, in my case, for me, I, I, politics are very heavily involved. I know the President of the United States personally. I've been into his office. I've greeted him at the airport. I know him personally, and I was used in the Senate impeachment hearings against the President in February. So... They were trying to get make me look as bad as they possibly could because it wasn't about tearing me down. It was about getting to the president. That's why they have back to what we said. That's why we perse they persecuted persecuted me so harshly. Ejecting a duly elected president. That's right. It's what it's all about. It's been about Trump. It's been about Trump taking down Trump from the very beginning. You Total know. Beginning. And, 
And unfortunately for President Trump, um, he's got a lot of them working against him uh, very clearly adversarially on the outside, but there's many that work against him on the inside as well. And some of those that have been closest to the president have hit the president the hardest. And that's why on the Republican side, we have to be very, very careful on who we support in some of the most important offices in our state. And the most important office in our state right now is the governor's race. The governor's race is very strategic for the left to control, for the deep state to control. And it's one we needed to be very guarded on who we get behind and endorse personally. I've got full on behind the campaign of Ethel Marg. Um, I believe that Ethel is um, the one, one candidate that I believe really has a heart for the people. She goes back to Cuba, New Mexico, deep generations. Um, she's proven track record on her fight for life and her, her, her activism in Santa Fe. She knows the legislature. She knows the ropes. <coughs> Some of the other candidates in the race, um, you know, I've listened to Greg Zanetti. Um, he, he, he sounds like his platform's solid, but his links back to Bill Gates and his history being closely attached to Bill Gates is enough for me to distance myself. Now, I, uh, in his defense, I had uh, Greg was actually on my very first show here at KDAZ. Yeah. He was my very first guest. Okay. And he was on with me for three hours. Okay. And we talked a lot about all kinds of stuff, but I did ask him about that particular okay. thing. Uh -huh. And he he said, this was back before Bill Gates, you know, yeah. before all of this stuff, sure. but back when we thought Bill Gates was just the guy that was making computer software. Sure. And so that's when he got in. It was it was a, a good contract. They were managing yeah. lots of money. And yeah. when you're a, when you're when you're a money manager, the more money you're managing, the more money you make. You know. Sure. But when he found out what was going on, the other stuff that Bill Gates was involved in, yeah. he got out. Yeah. And I even asked him straight up. I said, Greg, do you think that Bill Gates is an evil guy? And he said, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, so, and that's and the, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. But just my personal opinion, and just you know. Another thing with um, being so high up in the military, I kind of, um, I kind of hesitate a little bit about um, about that because we're talking about a man that has spent his whole life in serving the government as well, you mm -hmm. know. And we really need somebody that isn't going to serve the government, but is going to serve the people, you know. And so but, I'm going to give my, yeah, I'm going to give absolutely. my plug, okay? Absolutely, yeah. sure. Okay, so my husband and I both know Greg Zanetti because sure. my husband was in the New Mexico Guard as well. Sure. Love Greg. Sure. He's too nice of a man. Yeah. New Mexico does not nice. need, he, New Mexico yeah. does not need a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my yeah. my yeah. support, like I said, I I can't vote in New Mexico. My sure. husband does. Sure. But I am doing everything I can behind the scenes, and I support Jay Block. Sure. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Jay Block is he's a sitting county commissioner. I'm sure, sure. you know him. I do. And uh, he was former military. He's sure. a retired lieutenant colonel. Sure. But he's been there. Yeah. So he has served the government. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Sure. And and remember, we did talk about, and I understand what you're saying sure. about Greg, that sure. at, at a level. Sure. sure, there's a level in military. My husband and I have talked about it many times. What, yeah. When do you cross this line? Sure. Is it that rank on your shoulder? Sure. Right. And I don't feel that. I sure. feel that 
that uh, Jay sure. has proven leadership. Sure. He's dedicated. Sure. He has made New Mexico his home. Yeah. And I think he has teeth. Yes. I think I, I he, agree with you on all those points. I'm telling mm -hmm. you right now, he is the voice. You're talking about yeah. a voice. He is a voice sure. for New Mexico. I have not seen any other any sure. of the other gubernatorial candidates sure. driving, flying, sure. attending, any of right. the things that I have, the, the, the level, the level. He has given up everything to do this 24-7. He believes in this state. Sure. And, in, and it's like anyone who's from somewhere else, you know, because that's some something I've heard people use against him. Well, he's yeah. from back east. Yeah. But he's made New Mexico his home. And so has many, many people. I'm literally here as a product sure. of the military. My mm -hmm. dad sure. decided to retire here. So this is why we're here. Sure. When you come to New Mexico, you want to be a New Mexican. You sure. want to stay here. I came here from Florida. Yeah. And I came here because I love the mountains. I love the diverse topography. There's nothing better than the food. Yeah. The food, There's oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> living right. in Texas yeah. there, okay, right. so living in Texas yeah. part-time. Man, I miss the food. <laughs> I, I was talking to a guy yesterday at uh, a job site I was at, and he was here temporarily from Texas uh, working. And <clears throat> I asked him, I said, have you tried the green chili? He said, oh, yes, I love the green chili. I said, it's not the same as that Texas chili. And he said, no. <laughs> well, Texas well, is about jalapeno, and I just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my opinion of J Block is one that is just my own, and one, but one that I've derived um, from my political experience. Experiences over the last two years and uh, you know I mean I'm born and I was born right here in Albuquerque my dad goes back to New Mexico and uh, with Jay only moving in to New Mexico and living here for two years and then running for County Commissioner that makes me wonder a little bit right there why do you get involved in politics on the county level so quick well maybe you just wanted to get involved and then for, to so quickly be running um, for the office of governor, um, you know, it, it, that makes me wonder a little bit more, um, you know, of who Jay Block is, where he's from, what his background is, who he's connected to. Um, so that makes me wonder a little bit about him. But what makes me wonder the most is whenever President Trump came to uh, Rio Rancho for the rally, if you remember back. Um, I, was one, I wasn't here. I was, I was one of the dignitaries that got to uh, greet the president whenever he came. And it was the base commander of Kirtland. It was the vice president of the Navajo Nation. It was the mayor of Rio Rancho. It was Sheriff Mark Cage. It was Jay Block. And it was me. And we were each one standing shoulder to shoulder as the President Trump came off Air Force One. Amazing, you know. And he, he goes to each, each greeter. And he gives them the respect to shaking their hand and exchanging a few words. And he got down to Mark, Kate, Mark gave him a coin, and they said a little few things. Well, Jay was right next to me. Well, when President Trump got to Jay, Jay pulled his phone out of his pocket, and he had somebody on speakerphone. And he goes, here, Mr. President, this is so-and-so. He's one of your biggest fans. He wants to talk to you. Now... Who does that? I mean, you have the president of the United States in front of you, and you pull your phone out, and you let somebody else talk to him? That was either, Jay either has a really good friend, or it was a direct 
slam towards the president, one of the two. It, it was, was like, not a slam. I can it tell was you it like, wasn't a slam. It, it, it was wasn't like, a slam. Well, why, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you take the opportunity to speak to the president of the United States if the president of the United States is in front of you and you have him for five seconds? If you would want to... It, to, 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 to bring the, his attention to your constituents or, you know, this is my issue, Mr. It was like, here, Mr. President, who's, here's one of your biggest fans. I'd like to know who he was talking to. Maybe you can ask him. Maybe you can say. Oh, I'm going to ask him. Right, yeah. Ask him. I don't know. Some people get starstruck. I mean, I'm not Jay, so I, and I wasn't and there. Another thing, yeah. another thing, though, too, is. Hey, uh, Coy. We, yeah. A little closer than. Oh, yeah. We had a, a county attorney in my county of Otero County that was really attacking me, okay? He he filed a harassment uh, case against me, and which was investigated by Jarmy Law and found out to be no, there was no harassment. Um, but he he was very undermining, and he really he really attacked me a lot. And all of a sudden, he was going to be hire, hired by Sandoval County, <clears throat> and he had an open investigation on me at the time. And so I directly reached out to Jay Block, and I told Jay, "Look, this guy is this. What this is what's going on." And um, you know, everything I said fell on deaf ears, and Jay hired him anyways, and it just kind of made me wonder. But did Jay again. hire him, or is Jay one well, vote? Well, the commission, well, the commission right. did. Jay has one vote. Jay never responded to my email thanking me. He wow. never said, thanks for reaching out, Coy. Appreciate you giving me a head. Jay never reached out to me on any of that. All I got was a cease and desist letter from this attorney threatening me with legal action if I said anything else about it. And all I was doing was trying to give a head up to a fellow county that there was a harassment law, a harassment investigation that was going on by the very guy that they were fixing to hire onto their commission board. I just felt like it was my duty to say, hey, you might ask him about the investigation he's got open on me. But Jay never, Jay never reached out. He never said anything about it. And I'm just very, I, I'm sorry, Adam Kinzinger, um, Liz Cheney, uh, those I'm not so sh I'm, I, 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 I don't have a good enough feel of Jay Block to ever support him as governor. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like Have you met him personally, Coy? I know him personally. Oh, you do? Okay. Absolutely. Right. I know him. I know him well. Okay. Not well. I mean, we don't go hang out, but I've known him long before he started his, mm -hmm. his plight to run for, for uh, governor. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I just, I, I don't, I, I, when I see when I see Jay, when I saw Jay Block at the convention walking with his staff, it looked like a federal agent and a bunch of <laughs> other federal agents. I'm serious. I mean, I know that. It's, I, I understand I know, your PTSD know, about that, right? Yeah, right. you know, I see Adam Kinzinger. When I look at Jay Block, I see Kinzinger, and I oh, I no. just as well have Michelle Grisham in office than Adam Kinzinger. You know, I mean, I just and and that might make Jay mad whenever I say. But again. Emotions and feelings and friendships come second whenever it comes to the future of our state and our country. Mm -hmm. And if what I say offends somebody or makes them mad or upsets them, all I can say is I'm sorry, but in the political ring, you better have skin on you and you better be on a good platform. And Because we have too much at stake, you know? We, yeah. we have too much at risk. 
And, right. and just that alone, when Jay pulled his phone out, whenever he had Trump in front of him and said, here, he wants to talk to you, Mr. President, I looked at Jay and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. You're not He's never, he's not a serious candidate. He's not a serious guy. A serious leader would not have treated the president of the United States the way Jay Block treated. Well, I would have to hear the story. I would have yeah, to hear Jay. I, mean, I would love. I would, I would there's love one thing to hear about Jay. Too. One thing about Jay. Jay has a sense of humor, mm -hmm. and and it's it's all the time. Jay yeah. does have a sense of humor. And we have to be careful with people that can be overly charismatic and sense of humors, and they can woo you and wow you with. And we just we have to be very 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 careful. And you're right. By the same token, I'll say this: that just as you said, I'd rather have Michelle Lujan Grisham than Ron Ketty. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, I don't I think I'd go that far. I'll tell you what. I have an app for the weather. Mm -hmm. I can look that up. Yeah. And I don't need a, a governor who can read a teleprompter. Yeah, but do you really want four more years of MLG? No, I don't. Well, you but I, I don't want Ron Ketty as a puppet either. You want either. four years of Susanna Martinez? That's who's running that Ron, show. That's what you're going to get you're with exactly Ron Ketty. Right. You're going to get Martinez and McCluskey. Absolutely. 100%. I'm so glad you said it. Because that's, he's a, and you know, his attitude about not having to go to any of these forums, not having, because why? He has name recognition oh. and money. Didn't do him well, you know, Ron, Ben Ray Lujan. Ron Ketty is the only one that has not responded to my uh, request. He won't. To be on he's the afraid show. he cannot he's the only one. And talk. I, I, you know, Mr. Ron Ketty, if you're listening to this, you have an open invitation to come here and be on this show, and we'll talk, and we'll talk about all of this. Because you want to talk about charisma, you want to talk about name oh, yeah. recognition, oh, and here it goes yeah. back to my plight, my the the grassroots. My plight is educating and informing voters, the most dangerous voter is an uneducated voter, oh, sure. uninformed, sure. because what are they going to do? It's a huge thing being number one on that ballot because someone's going to vote for you either because they know you've heard your name, right? Or you're number one on the ballot. I'm just here for five minutes and I'm getting through this. Yeah. So yes, it's important. It is yeah. important. Yeah. Most Me important. personally, I'm glad Jay's number one on the ballot, but... Ronchetti has money and he has name recognition and he's literally told people to their face, I don't, I don't need to go and, and, uh, and, and go yeah. meet. I my, don't need to be out there. My yeah. opinion, they know my name. I, my I, opinion, yeah, I take Ronchetti and throw him in a hat and put Block in that same hat and stir him up and pull one out and you're going to have the same. I think they're two of the same. I don't wow. think. Okay. I don't think. I don't. I think disagree. Either, I don't, but I disagree. Yeah, and, and that's, that's okay. And that's healthy. We can yeah. disagree. Yeah. We can be respectful of each other's opinions. I mean, I, I'm not going to condemn you for yours or you for your. I mean, this is, this is a healthy debate yeah, from different sure. opinions, and, you know. No, I like that. Well, that's the nice thing about uh, Republicans is they discuss things. Sure. And they don't. We're not in the group think here. We're not in the group think. We are not. We are not in the group think here. No. Right. We are a group and we are thinking, but we're not all thinking the same. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So we're almost at the end of the second hour. And. I don't know. I got a lot of other things I want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, I want to talk about the Disinformation Governance Board. Sure. And I want to talk a little bit about the Roe v. Wade uh, thing. Absolutely. That's that's something worth talking about. Absolutely. And uh, maybe we might get into uh, how the Marxists seek to destabilize American society through sexualization of young people. Yeah. It's working. Yeah, it is.
So we, yeah, so I'll be right back uh, after the break uh, with uh, Coy Griffin and Rowena Tachias. <laughs> there you go. There we are. I think I got it right. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah. 